You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Uh, Sid Talk's just having a drink of tea and some popcorn, so I we will be with popcorn. you in a few seconds. <laughs> I'm only popcorn because it's obnoxious. Yeah, so um, you need to come closer to the microphone so other people can, can hear you. I've got my boot in front of me. Um, then I will have to amplify your voice. <laughs> or it will be... Um, what's the word? Amputate my foot. Amputate your foot as well. So what were we talking about before the after the show thing? No, if you're far away, it really sounds I know, like... but I can't put that anywhere else. I don't know what you want me to do. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but it really sounds bad if you're not close enough. So I'll push it nearer to you. Okay. Alright. So. You were talking about packaging for DVDs, which I care nothing about yes. at all. And after that, you're talking about, oh, consistency, like podcasts or videos that people put out on YouTube that if you get to following somebody and then they do a thing like once a week and then they don't do one for five weeks and then they do three in a row and then they skip two months, it's very... Irritating. To you. Yeah, because... I mean, I just... Out of sight, out of mind to me. I don't care one way or the other. Like, if my favorite TV show stopped happening, I probably wouldn't notice. It really bugs me when Game of Thrones, like, takes a week, uh, two weeks off for, I don't know, whatever. And are they just trying to extend the show, like, by, like, putting a gap in between? That irritates me, too. You know, if you're going to do a, sh- a show, Mad Men really bugs me, and so did Breaking Bad, where they split the season into two halves and give you this big weight in the middle for no reason, because it's done. They could show it. The reason is they need some more programming for the year after, and there's something extra for them, right? So I it's know what that is. Personality thing, I think. What? I don't ever look forward, really. I don't, This sounds really wrong, but I don't know how else to say it. I don't look forward to anything. Like, I don't look like... I'm, I'm not looking forward. Um, never waiting for anything. Like... I'm never like, oh, what's the next movie? Oh, what's the next video game? Oh, when's the next episode coming out? Oh, what's the next TV show going to be? Ever, ever, ever. I got, seriously, if, what's one of my favorite TV shows? If any of them just stopped, I... Bob's Burgers. I'd be fine. And that's fine. I mean, I wouldn't be like, oh, no. At all. I don't, I think that I have either really low expectations of everything, or... I just feel like you're wishing your life away if you're constantly waiting for something else to come at you. So I just don't have that. I mean, it's just not built in. I'm not usually waiting for things to come at me. You're always waiting for things to happen. No, because things always happen. I know, but if they stop, then you're desperate for them to happen. If a game doesn't come out when it's supposed to, it's a big deal. If a movie doesn't come out when it's supposed to, or if a DVD doesn't arrive when it's supposed to arrive, it's a big deal. I don't like irritating. And I'm always like, uh, whatever. I don't like irritating uh, when... That's probably why I don't pay my bills on time. (laughs) When they promise release dates for movies, for instance, and then they, uh, like a week before it's about to come out, they say... Oh, sorry, we're going to postpone that for six months. That really gets Right, my reaction is, who gives a shit? Really? So, so they better not do that for it's the new a Star promise. Wars. Marriage is a promise. DVD release is like, whatever. It's a company thing. The new Star Wars better come out <laughs> in December 2015. You know what? I have this huge prediction. If it doesn't, you will survive. No, I will end it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Either way, it's your choice. You can either be all antsy about it, or you can just 
No, I can't. I'm out of here. I actually can't end it because I'd need to see Star Wars before I went went away. Exactly. Anyway, um, this is after the show, and that, yeah, I was talking about suicide, and you was talking about not looking forward to anything. You weren't talking about suicide. I was. End it. That's what yeah. I said. Kill I myself you... if it doesn't come out. I know what you're talking about. That's suicide. I That's knew what, what you were talking about. You just said I wasn't talking about suicide. Yeah, I was. No, I mean, we weren't discussing suicide. <laughs> All right, so it is Saturday, I August the 23rd. what you were saying. Saturday, August the 23rd. This Thank is after you. the show number 340. Uh, this is a movie review podcast where we review movies. And this week's movie that we're going to look at is Noah. It's a 2014 movie. It's actually released now. You can go and pick it up. It's a PG-13 from our friends at Paramount. And Sid Talk will give you the synopsis of Noah. Seriously? I'd give you the synopsis of Noah. Yeah, please. It's um, <laughs> it's Noah. You all, you, Noah's Ark? You you mean all know, you've all story? heard of Noah's Ark. Surely it's not the story of Noah's Ark. They teach you it when you're a child. Noah's Ark. Kinda. Yeah. 40 days and 40 nights. Big boat full of animals. Yeah, that's the point. 40 days and 40 nights. How's she pregnant? And have a... What? Can you have a baby in 40 days and 40 nights? Uh, Probably not. So, um, yeah, I was just... But she uh, wasn't exactly impregnated no, normally. I just found a flaw there. Unless it wasn't 40 days and 40 nights in this version. Anyway, this oh, is... Oh, the rain didn't start right when they had sex. Remember? It was a while after that. True. So this is uh, not the biblical version of Noah in any respect. It's... Like, mo- that, it, like that's the true version. This is yeah. a fictional take. This is a fi- on fiction. The true story this is of fiction <laughs> laid up on top of more fiction, on top of the original fiction. Oh, you just got controversial. <laughs> well, I don't believe in the Bible, so that's where I'm coming from on this. But <laughs> spoiler alert: neither of us believe in the Bible. Therefore, well, I mean, believe the Bible exists, and I believe people. Believe things in the Bible. That is not in I mean, debate. I know about the Bible. Correct. I do not believe there wasn't a ship with animals. And I don't believe that it's just meant to be a tale of whatever the point is. It's not. Yeah. It's. I like this version way better than any version I've ever heard. Before. Yeah, let's go into the movie. Um, now, this version of Noah and Noah's Ark, if I had to distill it down... And this is a weird movie. I've got to say, I, I was—it's a bit weird. This movie to me, like I, I was—I felt like it was weird. Here though, like, was it weird because of your expectations, or weird because it was weird? Because well, I thought I, it was just... I knew it was by Darren Aronofsky, so it was obviously not going to be what I think it's going to be, which is like a straight-up telling of Noah's Ark with special effects. It's not that. It's a. It's not Mel Gibson, so it's not Passion of Christ. It's like a Hollywood. I, very perfectly, I was th- watching it, and there's this big battle sequence, and I was like, "This battle sequence is like Lord of the Rings. It's it's like fantastical and, you know, Helm's Deep. It's like Helm's Deep." So I was like, "This is like like a Hollywood what we tend to like now. These big action movies, and they threw action in and a bad guy. You know, all this stuff's in it that isn't in the original Noah's Ark. Is it not?" That guy's in it, but it's not like that. It's not like he's this guy who's going to do that. You know, it's not the same story. So this is like typically like a Hollywood uh, action movie with Noah's Ark as the backdrop. That's how I felt. Like, Including fanta- fantasy elements. Like Titanic. 
Yeah. Well, no, no fantasy elements, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Well, I mean, there's fantasy elements in here, which are... Are they fantasy elements? Because you said that the parts you're talking about are actually in they're the in Hebrew, like Jewish... They're in a book that was before the Bible. Right. So, if if a guy building a boat to save two of every animal on Earth from a flood that's going to cover the entire Earth and kill everyone except him and his family isn't fantastical enough, you're saying that the things that Darren Aronofsky I mean, they're all fantastic. Yeah. I'm saying that's what's funny to me, is that you would point out something that you don't expect, but you've already accepted the fact that a dude is saving two of every animal. No, I've not accepted that. No, I, I, mean, I know like, that that's the story. Right, but I mean, you're... That seems normal. That's a normal story to you. And then the angels... It's the one we're used to. The story we're used Correct. to. Correct. And this isn't the story you're used to. So if you are a religious person, I could see this would not be for you. You would um, poo-poo let me, it? Let me correct that. If you're a closed-minded religious person. But if you're an open-minded uh, religious person... My grandmother, person, God rest her soul, even though I don't believe in she God. She wasn't open-minded, though. She she was a Catholic. Um, she was a Catholic. There's no, there's no way... What do you mean? I mean, she was a Catholic. Yeah, she well, wasn't just a Catholic. There's no way she would... She would have... This is just ridiculous. This is like... Uh, I think she might have liked the parts with the arc because I think they did those really well. But I mean, some of it is way too much for her, and she would think it was blasphemous. Yeah, I think so. And I went and had a look around just now to see how Christians took to this movie. Most of them like hate, <clears throat> like hate it. Most like, people who comment on it, yeah. Yeah, anybody who's wrote a review and they're actually writing it from the point of, a film critic from the point of view of being a Christian. This is just a terrible... It's the most... I heard one quote was, it's the most unreligious, religious-based film. Which I agree on, but I don't think Darren Aronofsky's point is to make a religious film. It's to, In fact, it, it doesn't preach to you this movie, which I found interesting. It tells you the story, like... Uh, a story. It tells you a story, and it, a lot of it is based on the real um, Noah's Ark story. I mean... Even the tale of creation at the beginning, where it tells you with the uh, the captions and some animation, it's that's all what what is in the Bible. I think it's all something that he's pulled from some scriptures. Yeah, it, it is right. There's a king that humanity was, according to the stories, the it's a humanity bit of a was falling. Hit like a what do you call it? A mishmash, like a mashup of. But what's things. fictional completely? What is I mean, it? it's all fictional, but I'm just saying, what are you saying is added as fiction when all the elements are actually in biblical Not or other... Not all of them are in. What else? What isn't? Um, to go into very specifics, like, there are, there are... I mean, the sleeping part probably wasn't in there. Kubla Khan, or whatever he's called, does not attack Noah inside the ark. There's none of that. That's just a, that's or, a Hollywood movie. Like. Or, they just don't mention it. Right, well, it's not in the story, is what I'm saying. It's not, if you're a religious person who's read the Noah's Ark story, there's no, like, conflict in the Ark. You know, it's not, it's not about Noah having a scrap because it's a Hollywood movie and he needs to have a fight with somebody. Um, that's, that just feels like a Hollywood, like, oh, we need action in a movie. It's funny because I'm sitting there thinking as I watch it, this makes perfect sense because if, if I want to take the leap that Noah's story is real, that's a story that, Somehow somebody wrote down at the time, because there's only like seven or eight people, 
who lived through the whole thing, and some of them were children. Um, if that is, if I take that as a real thing, right, and then the the brevity of the actual story in the Bible is very very short. There's not a lot of detail, from my understanding. Then I would have to think, okay, in real life, these are real human beings in a real world. There's mud and dirt and shit and murder and, and sex. lovely white teeth and, uh, and nice clothes. Well, I'm just saying, like, there's all these things. So how could that go down without some? And I'm thinking, yeah, that's totally conceivable. If you're actually building a big giant thing, and the rest of society is falling, it's apart, conceivable, but it's not the original story. That is that, right, but that we, added. We need, I felt like they need, Well, I felt they needed a battle, and they needed, you know, they wanted this to I'm be... I'm not a, arguing with that. I'm saying, though, as you watch it, it do, didn't feel to me like, oh, this is really adding on to the story. This is more like trying to make the story, if if you want to try to make it seem real, it's better than the romanticized versions of this dude happily building this big giant ship. I don't like either. I don't well, like I either like, versions I like this of the story. No, I don't like either versions of the story. I, you don't I, like this one. Not really. I like the visuals of this this movie, but I, I I'm not really a fan of the Noah's Ark story anyway. It's, it's very, um, it's just this like compartmentalized, like idealistic story. I don't like that about it. It's it's very, you know, I've n- I never really liked it. Even when I was learning the Bible when I was at school, I always thought, eh, you know, it's I don't really relate to that story at all. And in this. He just tried to make it more grimy than you imagine it, and uh, the, a battle. Ah, I've always imagined that it had to be, it couldn't be fantasy-like. Always imagined. It was dirty and grubby, and people would have been gross and violent, and it would have been horrible, like like hell on earth. That's why, in the story, God would make a person build a going to destroy everybody because it's like hell on earth now. And I've always imagined it. But then every picture I've ever seen was like Disney characters and shit. But my mind, all my life, I've thought of it like, it had to just be So this be is awful. the perfect adaptation. No, no, I don't think it's perfect For at you, all. I mean. No, not perfect at all. I'm just saying, aha, this can give me an idea without the fluffy characters, the little stuffed animals all sticking their heads out of the little wooden ship. You know what I mean? Now, I have problems with this movie. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I like Darren Aronofsky's work, and I like the visuals. I really liked. I mean, in fact, there were some parts where it are inspiring. When the water's coming up out of the ground and the, mm-hmm. the, that actual part, I was like, wow, that is, that, that's, like, amazing that I'm looking at that. You know, it's it's just a really cool images. Um, but I do have some problems with it, and the problems are, like, all over. That's why I say it's a weird film, like, because I, I, I think there's some casting problems I don't like some of the cast. I didn't think they fit properly. I'm going to be controversial and say I don't like Ray Winstone. Um, I think he's a mumbler and he's just just nothing special about. He's him. not the one I'm thinking of. I, I there's, there's several of the cast I didn't particularly like. Um, obviously, I think Russell Crowe did a really good job though. I think he did a good job. But, and she did too. Uh, there's just some. You know the scene with the two babies? Mm-hmm. I just thought that was awful. Like, it was so melodramatic. And yeah. Like, ugh. Like, I, I was almost like, ugh. I almost... But, but, as I was watching it, I'm hearkening back to real Bible stories. People did murder babies and children and offer their children as sacrifices to God and did sacrifice their children and did sacrifice their daughters and shit like that. It was like a real, in the Bible, those are real stories that are told. Oh, well... Those are the stories that are told, that a father has to choose between his sons or kill his son to show God how much he loves him. 
that's when that came into my mind. Like, well, this seems like a Broadway show all of a yeah, sudden. All of a sudden. But if you think about the drama that's in the Bible, the gritty, horrible... No- I mean, it's ho- full of murder and I didn't horrible buy things. It. I, one of but the, it seemed the acting was a bit... Emma Watson, I didn't buy her with that. It was just bad. Like, I, And the other thing is, um, and this, this is just some humorous things that I noticed watching this movie. There's not a lot of humor in this movie. One of them is... But incest is probably fine if you're going to recreate the... Like, because those babies need to be screwed by those dudes at some point, right? They'd be the uncles. Yeah, uncles need to... Not screw the babies. Not screw the babies, but once those are grown up, the uncles have to have it off with them. To Correct. Trick. So that's fine by God. Um, oh, it's fine in the whole Bible. And didn't... didn't Am I mistaken or did Russell Crowe tell that boy to go and have it off with a goat at some point? I don't think so. He said you should... Like, because he was having feelings, and he said you should... Uh, something about goat something, and I was like... No, is he didn't. He said go? go be a man. No, he said goat. He was talking about goat. Oh, no, I didn't. I think he misheard. Because I, I was thinking, so incest and bestiality is fine. No, I don't think he did. He said something about satisfy... I was like, am I reading that wrong, or is he telling him to go and have it offered a goat? No, not at all. No, no. Well, that version is awesome, if that... <laughs> that is not accurate. I think, I think it... It isn't. You have to re-watch, I'll rewatch that. Yeah, scene. let's do. Because <laughs> I, I didn't. No, he didn't. I think he said satisfy. Yeah, you can't satisfy your urges. You need to go be a man. And he didn't mean By screw it. a goat. He meant be a man, as in build this ark and save us. And that's, that's it. not the scene I'm talking about. All right. No, I think you're wrong. But you can confirm it later. And these people listening will just be like, oh my god, I have to watch this movie just to see if he's... But incest is fine in the Bible anyway. Incest is all over the Bible. You're allowed to do incest. I mean, it's in the Ten Commandments that you're not supposed to. Is it? Yeah. Where? Number six. Well, I don't think so. Yeah, it is. What does it say? Like, don't... um... I don't think it is. I don't think incest is... But incest is all over the Bible, and it's also all over this tale. If you think about the ending... there's, there's, somebody, there's somebody listening to this right now <laughs> who knows the Ten Commandments very well. <laughs> They're be like, oh my god. These people say these things about the Bible and they don't even know the All Ten right, Commandments. Alright, so in, say incest isn't in the Ten Commandments, which it probably isn't. <laughs> then it's fine. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly. So so the ending isn't funny. It's not funny that... Because it's not funny that I looked at the two babies and went, oh no, those dudes have to, have to have sex with them. That's what I thought. Yeah, I was looking at that going, uh, that's really horrible. But apparently not. Noah was alright with it. Um, so yeah, it's a weird movie. Because it's, it's such a grandiose movie. Huge budget. Like, nice special effects. Really cool action sequences. But then it has, like, bad acting. Which I didn't expect from this movie at all. I agree. And it also had... Um, it didn't have... I think they underuse the animals. And I understand why. Because it's probably expensive to do the animal shit. Yeah. But I think they underuse them because, you know, when they put the animals to sleep with the special sleep drug that they don't need to feed them anymore with. But that doesn't put them to sleep. Right, and then they don't ever have to feed the animals again. Spoiler alert. They're they're all fine. Um, When they used the sleep drug on the animals, it was almost like the animals all disappeared then. Like, there was no animals anymore. Exactly, they were just sort of all sleeping in the bottom of the Like, sometimes you saw some snakes on the floor, but that was about it, right? So there was no, like... I wanted to, like... When they were inside the ark... And I felt they cheaped out on it completely. And they were going, walking up and down the ark. I just wanted to see all the beasts. Even if they were asleep, I wanted to see the elephants, and the, which you did see walking in there when it showed you the big scene of them all walking in there. 
But it was literally like they all disappeared. And I understand why. There were no animals in, on the set. It was all CGI. But They're pretty good, but still it felt cheap. Weird. It felt like they cheaped out. Because like, Noah's Ark's about an ark full of animals. And when you don't see the animals for like a, you know, a half of the movie, even though you know the animals are there, you're just supposed to go, oh yeah, the animals are there, they're all okay. It's kind of, that was a bit of a cheap out. I agree. Um, Do you want to know the Ten Commandments? Let me just run down. Thou shall not steal. I know You shall not have any other gods. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath the waters below. I don't know what that means. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord, your God. So whichever God you believe in, don't use the name of that God. Misuse. Misuse. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. I don't know. I mean, that sounds complicated. I mean, go to church Honor on Sunday. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Hmm. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox, his donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. So there's an obesity. What about his dog? Uh, incest is okay, because it's not in there. Uh, any other, any, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Oh, so you can't... Now, in a court of law, this contract would not hold up, because that's very vague. Or it would, for whoever's... So incest is fine. (laughs) I don't know. Seems like it. I don't think so, but I'm just saying, it's not in the Ten Commandments. Noah's alright with it, so it's good. But anyway... No, he's not, because he's gonna... Yeah, but then he's fine at the end when it, he he knows full well. Oh, we're not that's... picking. I'm not picking on anybody for believing in the Bible. But if you if you take a split second, because my whole life I was raised to believe that they're all of it. But if you just take a step back and think of it through the eyes of someone who's looking at it as if it were a fiction, like anything else, you start seeing it differently. Don't don't stop believing it. I'm just saying you will understand a little more why if you think. If we're like, oh my god, that's not in the Ten Commandments, therefore it's okay. We're not saying that to be rude. It just doesn't make sense that that wouldn't be in there, or that it's all over the Bible. And so this kind of movie brings up those topics, I think. Yeah, so... Especially when it's not a literal uh, rendition of the story. And really, I would say this movie, it's, it's... If I had to condense it down, it's... You take... You take Noah from the Bible, and his... Loosely, his story... You add some other story, other stories into it, like, uh, and they are other scriptures, and also some, you know, creative license. And you throw in an action movie in the middle of it, like a like a huge, big Lord of the Rings epic scale, and a bit of melodrama, and that's what it is. And Darren Aronofsky's stamp is actually in there. There, those yep. those dream sequences are totally yep. something he would do. So I I felt satisfied that there was enough Darren Aronofsky in there. I just felt, um, it's not my favorite, like, like, I, I don't know, there's something weird about it. And I, I feel it was some of the acting, and I feel it was, um, cause it's not the story. Actually, I think the story's, as a non-believer type person, me, I think the story's fine, cause it's, it doesn't, it doesn't blaspheme anybody, I don't think. Oh, that's just because you don't believe it. Yeah, but I think it takes. Some it, people will think it's very blasphemous. I think it takes a lot of, the actual story, and then it, you know. To me, it tries to put it into real changing. human, plus the magical stuff. But I mean, that's what the Bible's full of, is magical stuff. Angels and miracles and stuff. And this movie 
if that exists in the stories, then why can't it exist in the telling of the stories? In the actual Bible, those the magical stuff, the fallen angels. That's in the Bible Bible? Yeah, in the Bible, the, the, those, um, mm-hmm. the Watchers. They're not called the Watchers in the Bible. But those things fell and went to hell, actually went to hell. They didn't help the human race or anything. They just went to hell and suffered. That's that's the that's the story of them. In this version, it ah, uh, but in this version, that is their hell, right? This is their hell. It is. So it's a it's a twist on the tale which people can't deal. with. You mean with, an interpretation, a yeah. different interpretation? <laughs> but I mean, if, if you're a Bible scholar, you'd recognize where all the different elements are coming from. Sure. But I, I understand that people, you know, people with a straight up view of religion don't want you to mess with the story. See, I, don't, I don't think that's accurate, though. Because everybody... I don't think that necessarily... My grandma would not want you to mess with I understand, but she's not the only type of religious person. There are people who are completely devoted to their religion, but who would watch a movie like this and think about it and talk about it and be like, look, I believe what I believe, and this movie does this, this, and this. I may not agree with it, but they're not going to hate it. So there's all different kinds of religious people. Like, I don't reject... I don't say, I'm not going to watch Noah because I don't believe any of that shit. I'll be like, oh, I'm interested because it's a story. The Bible are stories. They're very interesting stories. So I think that to say, well, if you're religious, stay away. I don't think that's fair. Oh, I'm not saying stay away. But I'm well, saying- you're saying you won't like it, but I don't think that's true. You could watch it and almost be like, oh my god, and laugh your head off at it. Like, oh my gosh, what is this guy even thinking about? What a ridiculous way to tell the story. I did feel that myself at some points. I was like, really? What, what is happening? Like, why? Like, I'd really like to speak to it, Mr. Aronofsky, right now while I was watching the movie. And ask him what certain things are about. Like, are you just trying... Are you coming at it as like a, you know, I don't... I like the broad outline of the story, but I want to make it more interesting. Or are you coming at at the, I want to be a bit controversial, so I'm going to throw it on its head a little bit. It felt so to me don't... like pulling elements from Bible stories and other religion, other religions and stories. Yeah, other religions And too. put them in there. There are sacrificial things in the Bible. There are times when children are offered up. As a thing, I'll prove to you I love you. So so that is an element. So if you see somebody toiling with that choice on the screen in front of you, it can it may not fit in this story, but I mean it shows you if someone truly believes in his God and he thinks his God is challenging him, at what point will he or will he not do this thing? You know, I mean that's what I was taking away. It was like you've got you can't just be a guy builds a boat and then the water comes and everybody's dead. I think you, if you're going to take on that story, you got to throw at it. Actually, the twist in this movie, the those dudes. Yeah. I liked the idea that the Ark got built that way instead yeah, yeah. of the way the Ark actually Because that's one of the built. questions of yeah. atheists and non-religious people is saying, like, how the hell can you build that Ark? That's yeah, impossible. so I like that idea. Yeah. And, it, and it really seemed to fit. Like, I always think, you know, if you're going to show me the pyramids being built... That would also be a cool, like some some. We did see that in uh, ten thousand BC with the elephant, the giant. Right, yeah, elephants. like like it's something more <laughs> yeah. fantastical than you think. Like it's it's not just people grafting, really. Yeah, those it. big a, giant elephants on ramps. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, like I really I thought that fit really well, and I thought that was a cool scene too when they're all building. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if those things fit, it does. It's cohesive, like, but it's um. 
I don't know, the last 20 minutes kind of uh, were a bit... They seemed to go on. It seemed to go on too long for me, like at the mm. end. I was like... You know, like the, you know like the end of The Lord of the Rings, where I... It, it's the end of the third Lord of the Rings movie, where it seems to, like, just go on forever at the end. Like, it, mm-hmm. like it's a false ending, and there's a bit more, and there's a bit more, and there's a bit more. You sound like you're bored. Yeah, it's kind of boring, like, at the end. Hmm. Um, I felt that the, the last 20 minutes of this seemed to just go... It wasn't going anywhere. It was just, like, once you've established that they are good washed up on the thing, which we all know, that part was just... Oh, I disagree completely. I was more almost more interested in that, because the idea... No, I was bored If you're taking the story it. about these five or six humans that are the only ones left on the whole planet, and they're a family... But they're also just people. I couldn't... And they've had a fucked up story to along the way where he turns into a complete asshole. She's trying to be the devoted wife. You've got the kids and the babies and the son who's tormented and the young son who's just... They're just a family of humans who are going to have... They're not going to be like happily ever after. So I loved the idea of seeing... Even though I didn't... I didn't agree with the way it went... But I was like, intrigued by, like, yeah, they're just people. They're not going to be, like, holding hands and singing l- songs now that they're the only humans left alive. It's going to be tough. And uh, it's going to be down to him being and, a jerk. And basically, Noah's story is just about... It's like a mental health story. Like, he, he's, given this, oh, he's given this giant task. And no man could take on that task on his own. He's literally taking it on on his own. The whole weight of the whole thing on his back. And then there's no... His employer won't communicate with him. So he's like, is this right? Am I doing good? And the employer says shit. He says nothing. Like, it's obviously a, it's a, and then he's, and I feel that Aronofsky captured that, like where he was actually caving in in the middle of it. Yeah. And that also reminded me that if you are reading religious tales from a few thousand years ago or in, you know, mostly religious tales or other stories too, but where people see visions and people hear voices and people are talked to by God and people are talked to by the angels. And then it's written down. And after a few thousand years, it becomes like, Oh, that really happened. Well, if we have mentally ill people now or people with mental health issues who have voices in their head and who see visions of things and we know they're not there and that they can be helped then why isn't why doesn't anyone think that could have possibly been what people have always been people, and so that to, I totally thought of that about halfway through. I was like, this can be the story of someone who's just just mentally tormented. He thinks he should do this thing, and then it turns out that there really is a he flood. Really but I'm saying, if that didn't exist, say that never happened, it never physically happened. Then it's just a story of a man who, and I thought that was really interesting, right? Because after the fact, yes, it's really happened. Then he's still falling apart by this belief that he has in a creator who's just killed everybody. I'm not really giving him any feedback as to what he's doing is right. And or... to challenge somebody, either you kill these children or you don't. And if you do, then you've done what I want. And if you don't, you've done what I want. That's fucked up. Actually, there are... Like, you know what? Whichever choice he made... The employer does con- um, give him some signs. Many signs. Like like when the whole of the like flood. wildlife walks towards <laughs> yeah. your little thing that you've built. You go, uh, that just didn't happen, did it? <laughs> like, two of each. That didn't just happen. Like That is not, that is not his imagination. No. 
So yeah, he did get some feedback. He just didn't get the feedback he wanted. Because when he stood outside the art, when it was real, and he was yeah. like, "Is this? Have, have I not done enough for you? Is this? You just couldn't get the feedback." But let's go on to the cast. I think Russell Crowe. God needs to go to a seminar on communication. Yeah, with his a little employees. better communication skill. I think Russell Crowe was fantastic in this movie. I really thought he was great. Like, like Gladiator. I felt I feel his presence and his power like in Gladiator and I felt it in this too. I think he played Noah really well. Like I, I there was nuances to Noah. He wasn't just like this hard ass or like at the beginning where where he, that dog is that, you know, he's he's a vegan. He's kind to animals. I was going to say this is a very vegan movie. Yeah, totally. Extremely vegan. He's kind to animals, but then he's actually a hard ass like cuz he when he fights at the beginning, he he can handle himself, right? And keep his family safe. He's like a superhero, like a badass. See, there's where the thing start. The question mark starts. If Noah's objective is to do what God says to protect his family, because everyone in the world now is evil, because they're all killing and raping and doing horrible things. But the first scene we see is him killing a bunch of people. Kills three people. Only to, I mean, it's it's complete. They're going to kill him. But it's complete arrogance, isn't it? It's very self-absorbed to kill other people just because they're going to kill your family. I'm not saying I wouldn't. I'm saying if you were, if that was the thing, then you would just let them kill you. But no, he does what they do. But I think the, his performance throughout the film and how he portrays Noah through all the different stages of Noah's life and uh, going mad, you know, figuring stuff out, all uh, the beginning where he's just a dude and he's trying to keep his family safe, it was definitely, he portrayed it perfectly. I, I thought it was powerful performance. I really liked it. And it, unfortunately... Because he's so good, some of the other actors in this movie just seem really bad, like, because they can't match up to, like, what he's doing. He's doing this, I am Noah, you know, like, like Gladiator, like I, you know, and, and they're just kind of like, Anthony Hopkins is one of them, right? He's Anthony Hopkins. He's awesome, Anthony Hopkins. I love is him. He? I love him in Silence of the Lambs, you know. I but, think, but think about it. In this, he's bloody, awesome? in this, he's bloody Schmeagol hiding in the cave, right? It's like another Lord of the Rings reference. Um, we've seen him be this old man before in something else, like but Clash. Isn't that, that's what's in the Bible, right? Is it Clash of the Titans or something where we've seen him be this old? Like we've seen him in something else, Alexander, maybe? No, it was um, Thor. He was the father, right? True, he was in that too. I think he was in Alexander too. Then they're in the yeah. He's like some old. He's the guy. Tuck. So he's yeah. played this old wise um, dude, and he's a hermit in this one. I thought he was all right. No, I didn't like him at all. I, 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 I didn't... He just seemed... I thought he seemed exactly what he was. An old man who's kind of seen and, and no understands all he has. He's magical, somehow. Very magical. He's sort of the hand of God, but he doesn't, doesn't put it out into the world at all, except now that his family needs him. He, you know, because he's a direct descendant of one of the three sons. Well, everyone's a direct descendant of Adam and Eve, but I mean, he's portrayed as the last of a line, except, you know, then there's Noah... And I think that, I don't know, he portrayed to me an old man who, un- in that context, understands the whole of the universe and God and the power of God, and there's nothing he can do about the fall of civilization. Can somebody give so him he some just berries? goes in the, yeah, but that's a thing. I didn't like him. I didn't like him at all in it. And in like him, he didn't like his role. Him, his, his acting and his, just his portrayal of it. And I was glad that he, he wasn't actually in it that much. And I was actually glad about that. Then Jennifer Connelly. I thought she was really good. Um, plays Noah's wife. 
Nane. I thought she was really good. There were times I thought she when was, I was really like, good in this. She was one I, I liked. Yeah. But then Emma Watson, I think that was just miscasting. She was, she, she, right, we're talking about a Bible story, like, she seemed modern in a way. Like, yeah. And so did the dude. But oh my god, yeah. Everyone they, they has, like oh, they here's the thing about like, Noah's family. Everyone's fucking gorgeous. They, they seem like they stepped out of an episode annoying. of True Blood or something. They were too yes, cool. Yes, like. it's very annoying that everyone had to be like this perfect yeah. sort of like magazine. And True Blood does that. Everybody's super white teeth. awesome and... Her yeah. hair is always fake and wrong. It always is in movies. I don't know if it's... I don't know what it is, but her skin is perfect. And Jennifer Connelly, at least, is, like, dirtied and wrinkled up. Everybody's and- got super white teeth, including Noah. That was a weird thing for me. But <laughs> it's Hollywood. It's Hollywood <laughs> Noah. But Emma Watson and... I didn't even write the guy down, but... The- Jesus Christ, I think, is who it was. Because he looked a lot like Jesus. Yeah, and... <laughs> Those, Jesus, Jesus decided he wanted to be in this movie. Just to give some Those scenes in the woods with them kissing and stuff, it almost seemed like they were trying to do a Dunger Games Twilight thing. Oh, gotta have these, like, uh, young people and they gotta have them frolicking around. And it's, they're so hot, even though they're, like, in the dirty clothes and stuff. Wow, you, you see a lot of things I do not even see. It just looked, it just felt to me like, we got, you know, and she's, I know she's in Harry Potter, and I've not really watched Harry Potter. She might be amazing in that, but when it she has to act with Russell Crowe and that baby scene in particular, it just comes across flat, completely flat because of her. Like it's not him; it's the way she. It's just the way she delivers the lines. It feels really, really flat. Like she's no invested. She's not invested emotionally in that character, which might be kind of hard. I don't know what sure. her beliefs are or anything like that. Well, it doesn't matter, because she's supposed to be... She just gave birth to two babies. They're in, they're in danger. And she's just standing there going to let it happen. I don't know how you could identify with that, but that's what actresses are supposed to do. So I had a problem with Emma Watson. She wasn't gritty enough. No? There's a lot of grit in this movie. Even Jennifer Conley's fairly gritty. Everybody's, other than the white teeth... And the very tailored clothing, which really got on my nerves. The clothing was really oh my not God. what you would like. I understand that too. What, let's do something different. Yeah, Everybody was, shouldn't be it, baggy, but it's it was so, almost too cool. Oh my God! It was like off the cover tailored, of GQ. It, right, yeah, yeah, super tailored, really. And you, you wouldn't be time. tailoring shit, would you? Yeah, all days. of the world is falling apart. All of humanity is out to get you, and you've taken the time to perfectly fit your nice, husband's outfit. Perfectly, um, like no baggy clothes, all fitting perfectly to the most. Everything, and you could just see. I could see the artist's drawings of that on their little tablets. And I get what they them. were going for. But it also gives you a vibe of over-pretentiousness. Like it's Absolutely a bit... pretentious. Um, and then you got Ray Winstone as Tubla Khan. And he's... <laughs> and he's obviously the bad guy. That's um, Ray Winstone to me. I, I love Ray Winstone. I really like him in gangster roles and stuff. You know, I, he obviously is made for those kind of roles. They're the roles he's famous for. And this role, is, you know, he's a bad guy. You think he's made for them? Yeah, I think those are the roles that, like, uh, Sexy Beast or, you know... He, he just all that London Boulevard, you know, when he's like, when he's that gangster type guy. You mean the exact same person over and over again? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's that's where he fits. That is really awesome roles for him. Um, but this, yeah, he's a bad guy and he has to be a bit tough and stuff. But I also feel that was a bit of miscasting. Yeah, because I could understand about a third of what he said. I didn't have a problem with that, but it just, I don't think that having it didn't the same feel role. like menacing enough for me. 
even though he's quite a menacing type of guy, he just it didn't seem like he was being menacing enough for the role. Because he was... I think he thinks, and I think Darren Aronofsky think, Ray, Ray Winstone, because people like you think that as a gangster, he's intimidating enough, yeah. that that's enough. That is just Ray Winstone, and therefore he's going to be intimidating enough. And he just looks angry, and he kind of... The only time I've ever really, really liked him was the horrible one. You know, the, uh, not the family, but you know what I'm talking about. Really terrible. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I'll think of it. Um, a horrible one. It's horrible. Well, not seen him in a horrible Father one. and a mother and a teenage daughter and a son. Oh. Yeah. Is that? I can't remember. Mill by mouth? No, no. I mean, he's in that, but that's pretty horrible. But too. in this one I'm talking about, he's not like all those other ones. I don't think they give someone quality, just because they can do the same thing over and over. No, I, what I mean is I enjoy him in those roles. I really do. Uh, Sexy Beast, he's right, fantastic. But you want him to be that in this? No, I don't want him to be that in this. I'm saying those are the roles that he excels in for me. Like, I like watching him in those roles. I do feel intimidated by him. He's pretty intimidating. In this, you're right. They went, who's intimidating? Oh, Ray Winstone, he's an intimidating guy. He'd be good in this role because we need somebody who's really uh, an asshole who's gonna like terrorize these people, and then when he comes, he doesn't terror. He does. I don't feel the terror from him. There's there's some people coming, but I feel like eh, this is nothing. No, the one mob is scarier out. than Noah him. and God are gonna sort this out. You know, that's the thing about God. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> He's being the funny. Superhero. Why go to the trouble of flooding the whole fucking planet when you could just. Kill everybody. Yeah. You can just end it, can you? The whole... Just pull the plug. Yeah. Shake it off. Give it a... Plug it back in. And sprinkle your magic fairy dust. And then, ba da doom Everybody's gone. And you start all... I do not understand the story being able to teach you anything when, if God can do that, And you're, not, su- you're not supposed to understand. Where's the... To- <laughs> where's That's the- religion. Where's the... To- Where's the torment? <laughs> like, where's the... It doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. So I think, aside from Russell Crowe, which I thought I thought he was really good, I think there's a lot of miscasting. Or There's a lot of Russell Crowe moments. I mean, be honest. There's a lot of him just doing this. Yeah, but I liked it. I, 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 was, <laughs> I was trying to feel Noah-like, and I felt Noah. I felt Noah's plight, and I felt Noah's... I agree. Horrible thing he has to do. And I, felt, I also felt his triumph when it was going right. I felt the whole thing from, from Russell Crowe. So that's a success to me for, for his role in this. Whereas Emma Watson, I felt nothing for her. From the moment she stepped on the screen, I was like, you know, it's she's flat, like completely flat. And then she has to do like that. That scene is Hardcore. like, it's a big acting, massive moment. And it just is not right. And in that, in that scene, less is more. But she, she's young, and, and she's she, been in Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So more you know, makes it seem She does the drama school crying that seems really like she just turned on some crying. Like, it, it didn't feel like it was crying coming from her. It felt like she went, okay, I'll do my crying now. Like, it was really out of place for me. I don't know. I'm sure she wouldn't like to hear that. But. Critique? Obviously, Aronofsky liked it, so. Or did he? He was uh, saying He did say he didn't have time to reshoot things. much time to do stuff in this movie. In fact, that was kind of... It seemed like he was irked by that whole process of... It takes a long time to do all this stuff, and then they give me 30 minutes to shoot. Like, it's... 
And that would be irritating as a somebody who's a creative. Like, all this takes, like, you know. Because the studio's going to say, we've just spent $150 million on Making this set. Making an act. We've spent your $50 million on your lighting people. We've spent $20 million on your, on your actors. And now you're going to bitch and moan because you don't have enough time to film it? We've done our part. Now you just do yours. I found it interesting that that kind of him saying that would make it into a uh, little uh, documentary on a Blu-ray because those are the things. Um, if you yeah. go, if you go and watch the Alien quadrilogy um, set, um, in the third movie, which is David Fincher's Alien Three, and he had massive problems during that, and that one's quite candid too. But that's the only one I've ever seen that's really candid, where the director actually says. This is fucked. Why Why am I working for a studio? Who is this guy stood over here telling me what to do? And that had a vibe of that to me, like Aronofsky saying, like, all this big shit. It also is a little bit of a cop-out as well, because then if the movie's not great, you can always go back and say, well, I mean, I can only do what I can do. It's like a big excuse, isn't it? Yeah, it didn't feel like that was his vibe when he was talking to those guys. It felt like a candid, maybe something that wasn't... Yeah. Somebody was filming it, obviously, but it felt like a... You know, this movie industry thing, I, you know, when I used to, when I made Pie, my first movie, for instance, it was a lot easier. We, we stayed up all night and we probably, yeah. you know, drank coffee for 36 hours straight. And we just filmed it 50 and... times until it was right. Like, there's none of that now. You just have to get it. That's how I felt. But um, Darren Aronofsky directed this, obviously. The Wrestler, Black Swan, Requiem for a Dream, Pie. He's a very unique filmmaker, I think. He makes some interesting Interesting as shit movies. I mean, The Wrestler and Black Swan. They're just... There's nothing like them. There's no... And Noah doesn't come off like that No, either. it does not. This this comes off as Darren Aronofsky's been hired to make a big movie. And this is the big movie. And it's not like The Swan has a darkness to it. And, like, it kind of rips at you a little bit. Like this... Not that you... It's the... The beauty of it is... You don't want to have sympathy for these egotistical ballerina dancers, ballet dancers who are so up their own ass that they're like her, like so obsessed with being perfect and loved. And and you just want to be like, what? Oh, my God. But at the same time, you're like, oh, that's awful. What an awful way to feel. And it's really gritty and it pulls at you. Noah, other than me His trying to think. His in that. About, yeah, trying to think about this person who could have, if it happened and he existed what torment would he be going through? And the studio did tell Darren Aronofsky to change this movie to please the Christians and his stamp parts, Aronofsky's decisions that you know what they are in this movie. I do. They told him to remove them all and he refused. Mm. He said he, he refused and actually came out on top of that decision. So yes, there's, it is a Darren Aronofsky movie. It's, it, it, but it's also a big Hollywood CGI it's extravaganza. It's just got Aronofsky's like sprinkles all over it. It's not thoroughly his thing like Black Swan is. So I, I'm hoping the next time he makes a movie, he goes back to something a bit smaller, not this... No, it doesn't have to be smaller. Just maintain your integrity. Yeah. And I, I think he maintained his integrity. Because saying to the studio, no, I don't want to change those things and make it just... The... We don't know what did get changed. I was just reading about it. The things that you think got changed, they, that's what they wanted to change. What? Right. They wanted all those movies, and they wanted some of the um, flashbacky type um, where he has the moments. Yeah. 
Which but that's the, very Aronofsky. Which are the things that are absolutely him, aren't they? So if you took it's a little those Malick out, as well, when you think about it. Yeah, if you took those out, you know that there's an awesome scene in this movie, and I have to mention this, where it has two warriors on a hill in silhouette. Oh yeah. And it they fight and yep. they change into different like the silhouettes change into like a samurai warrior. It's showing the history of how horrible men kind of. Yeah, and it's really cool. Really, and, good. and I, I was like, I would like to see a freeze frame of that and see how many different. Warriors are in there. One of them looked like a London policeman. There was all kinds... It, like, it was going very fast. It was just showing you the silhouette. The shapes of all the... Yeah, like, the destructive, violent things humans How have done. man is just horrible. And it was in silhouette. And it was just an awesome Aronofsky-type thing. Where I was like, wow. Can't, I, I'd watch a whole movie like that. Yeah, can't we have that? All of that. Like, So, he's in there. But he's not... It's not Black Swan. He's not in there. He's not all over it. So extras, there's just one documentary split into three parts. And it's quite good. Because what I was just talking about then, about Aronofsky just like candidly saying some stuff on the set, it's that kind of documentary. It's not it's not the talking heads type one. What did you think? It was alright. I mean, it was, we got to see the set. And but it's more how of they a, lighted it. And... It's a better kind of documentary than the one where... I don't know, it seemed more... Artistic in a way. Little art- I, I'm not that huge fan of the artistic ones, to be honest. I like just a straight up documentary. I'm a guy walking around following everybody, and I'm going to get endless hours of commu- conversations behind the scenes, and then I'm going to put it together like a documentary. That's I don't really care about the artsy fartsy shit. I do like time lapse, you know, where you can see a set being built or something. Kind of, but it wasn't 100 percent that. It was more like let's be artsy. So it's a mixture, but I did like seeing. Or understanding, like, the scope of, when you think about it, a movie, right? You're telling a story, you're filming a story, and it's play acting. It's people, I don't care how good you are, or how rustic you, how rough you are, how, you know, method you are, if you're Russell Crowe, or Robert De Niro, or some extra running at the camera with your arms flailing. It's play acting. True. You're pretending that you're running at this thing, in the rain and about to get swatted down or stabbed with a knife and you have to flail around and look scared. Just like you imagine all the people in the old Godzilla movies, you know, looking up at nothing with their hands in the air. These people did the exact same thing. Yeah. So it's kind of fun to see them all in their garb and then waiting for the rain machines to come on and then tick, and then you get to see how shitty the shot looks. It does look shitty. You can see stuff in the background. You see cables on the ground. You can see the stick that Ray Winstone's hanging on to. And that's the shot, but then later it's going to get all the stuff added to it. So I like that part of it. And it's interesting It's how, like man behind the curtain stuff. It's interesting how it was just made here in America as well. Like, actually in New York, just outside of New York. Uh, movies don't generally get made that way, and they built a full-scale arc. If, if you're interested in that, you can... And there's, there's one shot where they build it, and there's two people. And you realize mm-hmm. how big the thing is, because they're just there at the bottom of the steps. It didn't look like they built the whole thing. To it's, me. I saw like an overhead the- shot of it when they were. It was an Entertainment Weekly before the movie came out, and they did. But they built the whole thing. Like they took a helicopter across the top of it. Didn't look like the whole. And thing it's right though. next to the highway. And what was interesting about it, any everybody driving to work down the highway could just see this big axe sticking up. Uh, that doesn't happen. They usually go to another country or they go somewhere where it's cheap. I'd have to look because I don't think they could have built that whole thing. There would be no reason for it. They built the whole. It's it's actual. It was huge. It's it was the like size a half a mile long. What they said in the Bible was. That's what I read about it. They had a whole thing in Entertainment Weekly about it. 
Um, but it's gigantic. And I, I think, why do you build all of that when you can just build like a little bit and put a big green thing? But there's no green things if you notice that. It, it just didn't look as, the thing in the extras didn't look the whole length to me. It was giant. It was big, but I don't think it was the whole thing because when you looked at it, when it was floating, it was humongous. Entertainment Weekly said they did the whole thing. It's the first time ever on a movie that this movie cost so much to make because of that, like because they were unwaving on they needed and they didn't want half, you know, a quarter of an arc and CGI tack-ons. They wanted a whole arc. And the interesting one of the main okay, here's things, what's wrong with that argument. Well, then you're gonna have to flood the whole earth. Because if you don't want us to skimp on the ark, we can't skimp on the water. That was bullshit. It's interesting. They filmed, you don't the, need a they filmed the whole film at night as well. Not the whole thing. They because of the whole arc sequences. They yeah. filmed them all at night because lighting in the daytime yeah. is all sporadic and you don't know where it is. And, you know, it can change from minute to minute. So they just filmed it at night and lit it as though it was daytime with those insane lights. Shaker Heights, that's when we saw, where we saw the first time, we saw, I saw the first time of them making a daytime scene in the middle of the night when he's going up to that building, remember? And they have big those big balloons. And yeah. something happened during the day, they couldn't do it, so they had to do it in the middle of the night. Clerks also, they filmed it all night, but yeah, that was but, inside. Yeah. <laughs> I actually was mind-blown this week a little bit. Alien? Um, you, remember, you know the, the bit? The alien? The bit at the beginning where they go in... To the, where they're in the spacesuits and they go out to, and they see the room where the space jockey was. Where he sat in his chair, that big dude. That you actually learn about in Prometheus. The scene where he sat in the, in the, you know, the huge, and they're like in the shot, in the spacesuits, really small. Those aren't the actors. Those are, it's Ridley Scott's little toddler in a small spacesuit. Um, John Hurt's son, it's like, Children of the cast in children-sized spacesuits. And then it just gives it this massive scale because that thing isn't actually as big as it really is. It blew my mind because I was like, I've seen that shot so many times, I wouldn't have ever... And they showed you. It was um, tested because he'd, he'd made a, a an actual replica of the spacesuit. But he showed you on the, in this book about Alien and it was, here's the spacesuits and here's the kid-sized spacesuits that they made. It was pretty, like, I was like, wow, I... There's a lot of things in movies that you would never you know, pick up. One of the things on. I love about you is how you can be fascinated by things still. That was fascinating to me. I, I know. Was like, <laughs> I think it's lovely. Wow. So, um. I love it. I love it. So, in conclusion on Noah, what, for me, it's like, it's one of the weirdest movies. It's pretty weird as a movie. And experience. I don't get, I don't get the point of the story. Well, for me, it's, it's just, it's kind of a weird movie. I was watching it and I was kind of, but did you enjoy it? In a way, and then some ways, no. Like, like I liked portions of it. I actually, the fantasy bit of it that is like a something they don't really publicize, that bit, I actually like that bit, like one of the best parts of the film. I love those characters. Mm, I don't love them, but I think they fit, and I, and I was, it was very entertained throughout. I mean, I didn't like you said, I didn't like some of the performances or little bits of the injected... Like you said, this feels like something where you're supposed to do. It didn't feel like it belonged. No. The little, you know. But overall, as I watched it, I guess I guess my mind kept going to if this was the- a, if this was a real story and real people lived it. What would it be like? Obviously, there's fantasy elements in this one, and it's a movie. But still, it made me think about it instead of just 
this abstract, weird story I've heard my whole life that makes no sense. Do you even understand why God would want one dude to save seven people or whatever and kill everybody else? <laughs> like, just kill everybody It seems like else. A, it's, if you're the, you know, the big malevolent one in the sky and... Uh, malevolent, that's very nice of you. Yeah. So killing everyone doesn't give you... Oh, no, I mean, is I mean, if you're like, uh, I've got to come up with a planet, like, these these humans have all been shitty, so I want to, like, go back to square one. Malevolent is bad. Right. You're well, the bad one. Well, it could be bad. No, malevolent is bad. That's malevolent. what I'm saying, so it, it could be bad. Oh, right? right, yeah. Yeah. So you're looking at it going, hmm, hmm, hmm. Okay, these assholes have all been shitty, and look at the state of that place. I want to go back to square one, how it was before, like... Before Adam and Eve, you know, let's go back to square one. Mm, what's the plan? That seems like a shitty plan. It's overcomplicated. It's the worst one. plan, like. And it's <laughs> like, what are the odds? I know you're God, so you could actually make it go right. Correct. So it's then really... why even bother? <laughs> <laughs> There's no failure possible here. Because the odds of Noah actually doing what you're telling him to are really low. Like, it's hard what he's doing, right? Impossible, almost. But because of you, he can definitely do it. So why even bother? So you're going to help him cheat, right? And then if he doesn't get it right, all you do is kill him. And my other question is, okay, so I have have devised this plan and Noah's going to do it. Um, Why? I'm God. Why don't I just wipe it if I'm going to do it with a flood? Why don't I just do the flood? Fuck Noah, just kill him as well. (laughs) Do the flood and then just make some more people if I want some. (laughs) You know? Because you have to challenge the one dude, one dude, to make decisions. I can make anything. I'm the god, right? So why can't I just make a couple more people? So if we, instead of making fun of that possibility, then we think, okay, well, he's giving Noah the choice. He's making Noah, forcing him into this you know, forcing very difficult him into choice. Making but his you know kids what that means? You know what that means? Not his kids. Not his kids, but that means that we're an experiment. And if Noah made the wrong choice, he could just. Flood it almost again. seems like uh, God's like having a laugh. Like, like this would be entertaining. It'd be like watching Big Brother. Get Noah, stick him in this thing. It'd be real fun. Like, I can watch this for forty days and forty oh nights. That gives me something to watch over the summer holidays. Oh hey, oh look at this shit. This is hilarious. The elephant, the elephant in the, you know what I mean. Like, that's what it feels like. It's like some big ass social experiment that he was. I think we're missing the point. Trying to figure out. <laughs> I really do, and I'm not missing the point, because I understand about stories about right and wrong. All I the do. Bible you can be flawed. All, it's all... you can. But there are other stories that make perfect sense about making decisions and being able to cope with life and things, and then stories like this just make you go, if this one, if this one story is irreconcilable, you know, in the human logical mind... In the history that we do have recorded of our of our species, and it's you cannot con- you cannot fix any of the question marks. You can't answer any of them, right? You can't answer the question mark of how big an ark could have been. You can't answer the question mark of how seven or eight people are going to repopulate the entire planet. You can't answer that one with what we understand about r- reality, like physics and nature, and well, not physics, but you know. You can't answer that one. How about every animal on the entire planet is now descendant from the animals from that boat? If you argue, well, there may not have been camels on the boat, but since then camels have developed, then you've just given an argument for evolution. Evolution can't exist 
if the Bible is what it is. You know, um, you know, so what? I just think if that story isn't, you can't connect the dots on that one. Then if you examine every other story, is it like, you know, if your husband screws the neighbor lady and then he lies to you about it one time and you find out the truth, do you just go, oh, well, never mind that. <laughs> never mind. It was a one time thing. I, I don't, I don't, uh, we'll just go on with our lives as normal. No, you start questioning his behavior forever after that, right? So this is one story that doesn't make sense. How does every other story just get a pass? And I had this in my mind, and it's funny. I was watching the movie, and all, and he said they looked, and all the four-legged creatures all started to come, and they all started to come, and the two by two. <laughs> and I actually thought this in my mind, and actually giggled to myself. I'm looking at it, I'm going, I can see this other movie or this other scenario where all these animals are going. Who's going then? Because you're all going to die. So yeah. two of us has to go. Who's the best one? My foot's better than your foot. You know, like, what, are they, what are they doing? Like, and I actually Rock, thought paper, that. Scissor. Yeah. Do you like some like, How are those two elephants better than all the others? Like, all the others. There's a lot of True. elephants. So what, where was the... Was it a lottery? Animal lottery? Does God talk to animals? And did he talk to the two of each of those animals? Did each he, of the snakes? Did he mind program them all just to go? Also, we didn't see any chickens. We only saw flying birds. I think everything was supposed to be represented. Pretty, I mean, the animals were cool and everything. We're just ripping it apart because this movie has... It makes you question things. Which is good. It's awesome. But, but yeah, also makes a, it was a very weird movie for me. Um, not what I expected, actually, but in a good way. That, the sleeping that thing was the weirdest thing to me. Yeah, it was very weird. And I felt like that was the... Um, Cop out. We don't have to show you the animals anymore. They're going Or away. that's the answer to that question mark. How can you keep... Well, what would conceivably be millions of animals on one boat from keep them from killing, eating each other, tearing down the walls? Well, let's just hypnotize them all with this. Put gas. them all to sleep with this smoke that doesn't put humans to sleep. Spoiler alert. But yeah, it's um. But it's a, I liked the movie. I shouldn't. I'm not knocking it, and I'm not knocking the story of Noah. I'm saying I. It makes you think about. I don't. I kind of like it. It's not great. I, I I give it a five or a six. Like yeah. out of ten because I think... I mean, Darren Aronofsky's part of it I really dig. Because uh, I dig somebody like kind of poking with that stuff, with that material that you're not supposed to mess with. I like that a lot. I didn't feel like he was poking it. I felt like he was no, trying I mean, to ch- open it up to have you ask questions. And that's what I like about it. Yeah, but... There's, I didn't feel like there was a judgment there. No, and I don't think it's preachy at all. I don't think it goes to you, this is what the God is, and blah, blah. It, it's none of that. It's just like, here's the, here's a story. What no. it does tell you is, humans are assholes. And humans have goodness in And us. animals are great. Animals are the innocents. Yeah. And be vegan. That's what I love. It does I think vegans should be championing this movie like... But, yeah, because like no it literally has that message right Because in. part of the worst sin of man in this movie is eating the animals. Yep. That is part of what makes men evil. And when Ray Winstone's chomping on an animal in the, in the ark. <laughs> you're, the, the, you're like, what? And tempting another with, with the flesh. Like, it is, you know, those parts are pretty cool ideas. It's very cool because if you think about it, I guess they both make the argument, though. If you save all the animals, Ray Winstone's argument is the animals are here under our dominion, so we can do with them what we want. Therefore, we need them for a new society. Or Noah's thing is, I need to save them all, and if we die in the process, that's fine because they need to live because they're it's their planet. So, so 
in conclusion, a mixed bag. I would, it, for the spectacle itself, I'd recommend you see it. Because it is quite the spectacle, especially the part where I said to you, wow, that's really good special effects, The where the water's coming up mm-hmm. out of the floor. And it doesn't look... There's oh, a few janky things, but it's very Aronofsky. Yeah, I don't think the... Um, that stop frame animation looking stuff is yeah, kind of Aronofsky. I kind of like that, yeah. Like, I do. Because it, it gave it a different look to something like Lord of the Rings where they're all... Right, but then part of the argument could be it doesn't fit with the Lord of the Rings fight, as you like to call it, which I don't, because the Lord of the Rings didn't invent that kind of fight, but it doesn't fit with that big action sequence. And then you go to this artsy thing, and then you go back to the big action That's what I mean. It doesn't 100% know what its audience is. I don't think the movie, it's kind of like, some of it's for this person, some of it's for that person. And then none of it kind of... You know, that's a good point. Who is the audience for this movie? A Darren Aronofsky fan? People, me, I'm not part of the audiences. I'm a good audience member because I want to see some type of, I won't say realistic, but I mean, based in the world that I understand with mountains and people and physics and mud and rain, I want to see this story told in that kind of world. And that's what it is. So I think that is good. I'm a good audience member for that. All right, so uh, that's the that's Noah. So contest, if you want to enter a contest, we've got a uh, you can go and win a copy of Muppets Most Wanted on Blu-ray on aschoolie.com. Just go and enter. Next week's Blu-ray review will be Captain America: The Winter Soldier. I'm so excited for that. I love Marvel movies. Um, you can just keep giving me Marvel Marvel movies, and uh, I'll be happy. Captain America, one of my favorite Marvel movies. Not everybody's favorite, but I really loved it because I dig that era. Um. So, movie recommendations. I'm going with Last Temptation of Christ, because that's Martin Scorsese's take on the Christ uh, story. And it's slightly messed up and not... Is it? Yeah, it's not exactly... It's messed up based on what you were taught. It's not the Bible's version of it. In (laughs) fact... It's Many. almost like the chapter of the Bible that somebody tore out. Yeah, it was threw, very uh, threw controversial. In the, threw in the fireplace. No, 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 we are not. This is not going to be in this book. And at the time, it was super controversial when it was made because, I mean, it, it really caused an uproar. Uh, and I liked that about it. It's um, it's an interest, really interesting movie. And the other one is Life of Brian, which is, um, it's not necessarily about God. It is a little bit. Not but, Python. Yeah, it's Monty Python, but it's um, it's awesome, that movie. I mean, it's a total piss take of religion, but that's right up my alley. Like, have you, You've seen it. I don't think I have. I think you'd really like it, because it's very funny. I don't know. I don't necessarily... I will... In my The way I look at things, and the way that I interpret things, and the way that I want to discuss things, people can take it like I'm really making fun of it, and sometimes I am. But sometimes there's a line that goes across... That I understand, and sometimes Monty Python does that to me. Like, oh, that's like, I guess I think if your grandma was watching it, that she would be, it would actually upset her in a bad way. And I guess I think that's where my line is. Yeah, the meaning of life people. also took, yeah. Monty Python's meaning of life also touches on, um, you know, some, yeah. some things that religious people would get upset about. But Life of Brian kind of, it takes no prisoners. Like, everything's, it's kind of outrageous, and at the time, I'm sure it, that was very controversial because they say some things in there that is, 
you know, and there's some scenarios that you're very familiar with, like the crucifixion that doesn't go exactly how the crucifixion really goes, and it's... Like Temptation of Christ. Yeah. Uh, so that's one of my favourite kind of God movies, Life of Brian. I'm going to add one to mine. Mine two, two of mine were just because it's like a modern... Not great. I don't understand why this one is like so, so internationally popular, but it's fun, I think, is Bruce Almighty and Evan Almighty. You asked... What other Noah movie? Well, yeah, that's the one I was trying to think of. And the only thing, I I just, I enjoyed that one. It was kind of funny. I watched it on a Saturday afternoon one time, and I just giggled and laughed at it, so it was fine. Um, Bruce Almighty is the idea of giving a person who's a little bit weak and, you know, not bright, obviously. I mean, it has the stupid moments, like the monkey and stuff like that, but the idea of it, I like. Even though I, even I think about it, it's not that funny. I don't understand why people loved it so much. I, I think it's just the idea of it, isn't it? Yeah, but it could have been so much more interesting. But the, my third one, I'm going to add, is Dogma. Because I think Kevin Smith is a Catholic. He does believe in God. Was. He believes... Is he done with it now? Um, he's no, kind of got mixed. Yeah, but he's still Catholic. Still totally believes in God. Believes Jesus did his thing or whatever. But in Dogma, he questions all the stuff, like, you know, just in roughly... And he got death threats, and I think he even mentioned Scorsese in his uh, some of the extras that we heard, or some one of his evenings, yeah. Kevin Smith, that just questioning it, just giving a, a comedy take on the whole idea of the prophets, um, adding one, you know, who's like the black guy that everybody likes to ignore in history, or any of those things about Catholicism, like... Jesus with the big smile on his face, Catholicism, wow, you know, all that stuff. He got, like, shit for it. Yep. And all he was doing was, like, I, he's like, I totally believe this stuff. But think about it, you know. Uh, so those are my three. Dogma, Evan Almighty, Bruce Almighty. I'm going to cut my Ace Coley stuff short because we really went on long for this movie. So, um, I'm Well, gonna, I mean, it's God. I'm so. going to mention, uh... I've played some games this week, but uh, next week, on Tuesday, The Walking Dead Season 2 finale comes out on the all platforms. Um, I can't wait to see what happens. It was really good, last, the last episode. If see, you there's another thing you just can't wait for. If you remember the ending of the last episode, mm-hmm. it was pretty excellent. And uh, I don't know where the finale is going to go. It could go anywhere. Uh, and the other one is Infamous First Light comes out on Tuesday, which is the first. It's a DLC pack for Infamous which is an awesome PS4 game that came out earlier this year. And there's a... The main character in Infamous is Delsin Rowe, is a guy, and he meets a girl called Fetch during the, his quest. And she's like a... Uh, she's another girl who's got the powers, the Infamous powers. And this is her story, and it all takes place before Infamous Second Son, which is that game. So it's the... And I actually liked her. She's the best character in Infamous Second Son, but you don't get to play her. So I always thought, oh, yeah, it'd be cool to have a game with her in it. And they're doing it, making a, a DLC where she's going to be in it. So that comes out on Tuesday as well. Um, and finally on my stuff... Uh, oh, there was an Android game I picked up this week called Hitman Go. And if you know what the Hitman games are from IDOS, you know, uh, well, you've seen the movie Hitman. Elephant. We're actually redoing that movie with somebody else, like like restarting again, forget that one happened, we're doing it again. You don't have to forget it happened. Well, it's that it's the same company and everything, but they're just like, oh, we're going to redo Hitman. Instead of just continuing that one, we're doing it again. Um, not the same story. But anyway, this is a 
uh, Android, iPad, Hitman game. And it's really interesting because instead of just taking the like approach of let's just make the Hitman game off the consoles on the iPad and you just run around and kill people, they made it like a like a tabletop board game, and it's really awesome graphics, like a wooden base, like like a really you know like if you had the deluxe set of Monopoly and the, mm-hmm. the, the actual board would be made out of wood. It's like a wooden board, and you've got your little Hitman, and he's a little character with a with a circular base on him, so you can put him down on there. It's really detailed. You can zoom in and stuff. And the game is its a stealth game. You've got to get the target. And it's turn-based. And you swipe your Hitman with your finger to move him. And it's like a puzzle. Because you can move him in certain directions. And there's guards walking in certain directions. And if they see you, they'll get you. So you've got to kind of avoid the guards. And find sneaky ways to get behind the target. And it's all from swiping your finger. It's a... You could... There could actually be a board game of this game, and it would work. You know, it's you know a physical board game, and it would work. You're just moving in one space at a time, and then you've got to work out. Oh, in three, if I move three, you mean it sounds like chess? Yeah, like in three, like if I move my hitman from here, and then it's three spaces to get to there. Every move, you move. They move a space, so you've got to go. Well, that guy would see me if I, you know. So it's like got to think ahead. So it's called Hitman Go. It was like on sale, ninety nine cents on the um, Google Store. Um, so yeah, you can pick that up now. Uh, and that's it. What's for dinner? Sit talk. Some kind of Morningstar product. Morningstar food, I should say. A burger or whatever's in the freezer. I made some quinoa and wild rice that we're going to attempt to try. It has cilantro in it, so I don't know if you're going to like that. I mean, it's in the seasoning packet. I know you're one of those people that doesn't like cilantro. Yeah. But I'm not sure if it's because, if it's just the raw kind. I read about cilantro and some people have, the taste receptors actually make cilantro taste like soap. Yeah. And other people don't. That's what like it tastes me, like. Because I like cilantro. So we're going to test that out. I'm going to make some vegetable soup. And I don't know, And a sweet potato. And your advice? My advice is, and you know what? I wrote this down. And until after I wrote it, did I realize it had a connection? I didn't. I thought that's why, that's why you wrote it. Yeah, no, not at all. It just occurred to me, and then it was like divine intervention. Okay. So God, it sounds like kind of an inspirational vibe to it, but didn't really mean it. That I don't didn't mean for it. I'm just very lyrical. (laughs) I'm a lyrical genius. I'm a lyrical genius. No, I don't think so. I don't think this is an original concept, but like the. Sometimes you can feel like you're getting sucked into, like, this tornado of, in life. Like, financial or marriage can suck, or your children are sucking you down, or work is this big. And it kind of, it kind of sucks everything in around it. So this one bad thing kind of is pulling you down, and everything else is victim to it. Like, it's sucked into the gravity of the tornado. But, like, just be aware if that starts to happen to you, because, say you have money problems... Everything in your life doesn't revolve around money. You might think it does, because, well, shit, I can't pay the mortgage. Therefore, everything's going to fall apart. But it isn't true. If you let yourself get sucked into that, then it will be true. If you have a job that's just so... I mean, I'm not talking about the kind of job where you're like an ER doctor or a soldier or, a, you know, somewhere where you're actually saving lives and the moment-to-moment thing can be life-threatening or horrible. Those I'm not talking about. I'm talking about sitting on your butt in a cubicle typing some shit and answering some phones. Okay? If that job stresses you out so bad 
that it sucks you in. And so that every time you, everything else gets sucked into that, like you're in a bad mood when you're at home and you just think, well, screw it, life just sucks because my job sucks. Then you don't enjoy the other things that are floating around it. You know, life. Just don't get sucked into those tornadoes because it's just one thing. Financial things, you can figure it out. I mean, it's just money. It will come from somewhere. If you have a job and you have money problems, you have income, so you can fix it. Like, you can't be mad if, like, say you are $3 short of being able to pay your electric bill and you have to wait till the day after it's due to bank a payment on it. The world isn't going to end. I can assure you the world will not end if your car payment is three days late or even 30 days late or your mortgage is three days late and you pay the $60 late fee. It might suck and there's someone listening right now who's shaking her head like, oh, no, 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 don't pay your bills $60 late fee seems crazy. It does, but I'm saying you can't, you can't let, if all of a sudden you realize, oh, crap, I can't make my mortgage payment until I get paid and that's next, that's three days from now and then on the fourth day I have to pay it and now I'm going to pay that late fee. If that thought starts to suck you down and then you turn around and you have a lovely house that's not going to go anywhere, you have a lovely husband that's not going to go anywhere, or wife if you're the man and you're worried about money, your children aren't going to go anywhere because you're you're going to pay a $60 late fee, your food's not going to disappear, society's not going to crumble, God is not going to reach down and smack you on the ass because you didn't pay your mortgage on time. It just... But it feels like that. You know, if you think, like, I see people at work who just, they think that this job that's kind of soul-sucking, and it can be. IT is a little bit of a soul-sucking job, let's be honest. It's a little blah sometimes. But it isn't. Like, you can just make it something, you can, I don't know. That's my, I don't know how else to say it. Don't let the tornadoes of life suck you in, like tornadoes of life, not the real tornadoes, because those are horrible, but I mean, if you start feeling like you're getting sucked into something that's emotionally distressing you, that isn't life-threatening or something actually horrible, just sort of a, I think, mundane problem like money or dealing with a teenager who's just moderately annoying, you know, things like that. Don't let it dominate you and suck you into, like, this horrible blackness. Just remember all the other stuff that exists Last week this thing didn't bother you, and next week it might not be bothering you still. It will pass. The storm will pass. So, I want to remind Ta-da! you about our website, sayschoolie.com, sitsa.com. You catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can catch this podcast on Stitcher, which is stitcher.com. Just search for after the show. iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace. Or just go to sayschoolie.com, click on the word podcast. You can subscribe using the buttons there. Email feedback to me at aschoolie at com. Don't email SidTalk. She doesn't want to know. And finally, stay classy, Mr. Russell Crowe, because you are really awesome in this movie. <laughs> and I'm going to say think for yourselves or someone will do it for you. Bye.